life, art, the Bible, and the conversations that tend to arise between them all. Life is not simple, art is not boring, and the Bible is not just a best-hand book. At least, that's what Charles and I believe. In other words, there's a lot going on here, so join us on the Believing Art Podcast as we attempt to discuss it all and everything that lies in between. podcast. I am Charles Ricks. And I'm Seth Brown. And today we are going to talk about uh, a Raphael painting, The Transfiguration. Yes. One of his Uh, most famous and one of his last, his last painting, actually. That's right. Um, It hangs in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. Uh, If anybody is interested to uh, go to the Vatican. You will be able to see it there, and it is a very large painting. It's massive. You and walk you, in, and it's the center of the room, and there's this light that shines down from the top, and it just like it, it is amazing. Hits you over the head it, as soon as yes. you walk in. Yes, it's very stunning. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're also going to use as our scripture reference uh, Mark chapter nine. Yep. So this is one of the gospel versions of the transfiguration. So, um, before we get to that though, yeah, before we get to that, I was just thinking, I had this thought the other day, uh, since Mm -hmm. we're recording this on July 5th, for those of you who we're not going to post it anytime soon, but we recorded it on July 5th, the day after the 4th of July, for those of you who keep track of your time and calendars. Uh, and I had this thought the other, the other night, and I think it applies in some way to art. Uh, you know, people are going out and spending hundreds, some people thousands of dollars on fireworks, which are these very fleeting kind of, uh, inspiring you know, seconds of, of beauty and wonder. And, uh, my family shot off some fireworks the other night and I had someone in my family Ask the question, why would we spend so much money on something that just lasts, you know, a matter of 10 seconds? And this recalled to mind some conversations that Charles and I have had about art and beauty and how, uh, you know, the question of uh, is art worth it? These kind of um, expensive displays of art, are they are they really worth it? Why would we spend so much money when we could just, you know, invest it? money in something else while we could give money to charity instead of say, for example, rebuilding the cathedral of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I saw when that happened a couple, I guess it was two years ago or so. It was pre COVID pre COVID. Oh geez. That's <laughs> like an age then. But yeah, I saw some, so anyways, what, what do you think about that? Charles is art too expensive? Is it, I mean, well, beauty is, a, a key way that we understand who God is. Mm. And so the, the beautiful really points us to something beyond ourselves, something mm. beyond um, sort of the trappings of, of this life. And so beauty uh, in wherever it can be found, right? It's not just in art, but it can mm. be found in nature. It's found in people. It's found in science. It's found... Fireworks, and music, and fireworks, colors, all of that. Coffee, coffee. <laughs> um, but I think that's kind of the the point is um, 
when we look for beauty and we find beauty, I think we're also finding something that's talking to us about who God is. Yeah. So yes, it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Why would it not be worth it? What's the, uh, there's a, a quote, I think it's by John Keats. He says, uh, truth is beauty. All is, is that right? All truth is beauty or all beauty is truth. Truth. I think it's John Keats. Well, it's John Keats. It is John Keats. Yeah. Uh, beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That is all you need to know on earth and all you need to know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Let me say it again. Beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That is all you know on earth and all you need to know. Wow. That's John Keats. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think going along with that idea is that those things that do connect us to God are worth expending time and money and effort on. Um, they're definitely worth it. Um, you can't put a price on that almost. No, you, you can't because when we're, when you're, when we're talking about beauty, we're also talking about awe Mm. and we're talking about wonder and we're talking about, um, that which goes beyond our human comprehension. Mm. Uh, we're talking about things that it's very important to be pointed beyond ourselves. Yeah. Right. Because that's the journey towards God, right. Is mm-hmm. something beyond our knowledge, yeah. beyond what we can fathom. And so the beautiful helps us to do that. Yeah, I was reading this this brief little um, essay on on um, the title is "Learning to See Again," mm-hmm. and and the whole premise of this essay was that art helps us see things again. Uh, creating art, participating in art, whatever that is, beauty, participating mm-hmm. beauty, creating beauty, um, helps us learn to see the world again from fresh eyes because I think it does take us beyond this world. Uh, we're taken out of our context. And then when we come back into the world, we have a new way of seeing it. It it kind of reminds me of, of like, you know, we were talking about Charles and I got lunch just before recording this podcast. And we observed that it's been four years since we took our trip to Vienna Mm -hmm. and, and the experience of going to Vienna and coming back to America helped me see things in America that I would have never noticed had I not left mm-hmm. the world that I inhabited in America and gone to some other place. Um, so there's something that, yeah, something in beauty that takes us outside of ourselves, connects us with the divine, but it also helps us when we come back to our, the real world, we see things in a different way, in a different way, mm-hmm. in a new way. Um, there's something else that beauty does in that way. And that is, it opens up our imagination. Okay. Yeah. And the imagination is important because that is also what takes us beyond, if not beyond ourselves, certainly to the edge of mm. our, yeah. so, to what we're able to fathom and what we're able to, um, entertain. Right. So if, you know, there's the scripture that, that talks about God is able to do far more abundantly all that we ask or imagine. Then if we live at the edge of our imagination, then God can do more than that. 
Mm. Right. So if we never get to the edge of our imagination, then we really are very limited in our understanding of, of God. Yeah. So art is imaginative, right. In all of its forms, it, it, it stimulates that, that part of us. Yeah. Uh, that enables that that journey to know who God is. Because if not, then we're just left with our mundane world that's around us. Yeah. And we don't even understand, understand that very well. Right? That's right, yeah. But that's all we're kind of left with, and that's a pretty dismal way to live. Yeah. Right? Now, some people may say... Well, art is a luxury. You know, not everybody has every, right. not everybody has the the time or the energy or the ability uh, to buy art, to spend money on art. There's things that are more important in the world, right? right? And that's you know, there are a lot of things that are important in the world. Um, but when we're talking about beauty, we're not we're we need to be careful that we're not under we're not fundamentally talking about spending money, right? That's right. Right. Well, we're talking about um, things that we can see or hear, taste, smell. Um, we're, we're talking about um, just simply, for example, the beauty of, of a some of a person, mm. you know, or the beauty of a language that someone speaks, or yeah. the beauty of a color that we see in nature, or the beauty of an idea. Right. So these things aren't necessarily um, things that are spent on money. And I I think that passage that you brought up earlier, you know, when uh, the woman broke the the alabaster jar of oil on over Jesus head and wiped her hair, um, his feet with her hair. Mm. um, All people could focus on there was the money involved. That's right. Yeah. But they failed to see what was happening. Hmm. Right. It didn't matter where she, whether she got where she got the jar of oil or that she spent it. Right. I mean, yeah. th- that's that focus on the kind of the intensely practical. Yeah. That robs us of spiritual perception and spiritual mm. growth. And that's not to say that we shouldn't attend to mundane and practical things. We should. But there's more to life than just that. Yeah. More to life. There's more than the accounting books, right? It's not just um, what could have been done with that oil, right? It's what was done with that oil, (laughs) yeah. You know, and Jesus says it was beautiful. Yeah, that's interesting. Aren't some accounts? Don't some accounts reference the idea that she was a prostitute? Is that sort of like the? Am I making no, that? no. There's several Marys in the gospel, right? And so, if you, you know, it's it, it's. I think the fact that she is wiping his feet with her hair is kind of an erotic image, and so that's what gives people the idea that it's that, okay that she could be Mary, you know, the the, the, the prostitute, yeah. but not necessarily. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, I was going to say the idea that. Uh, you know, it almost it gives nuance to her action. The fact that, you know, perhaps she was a prostitute and, well, I guess, I don't know if I'm thinking out loud here. If she would have gotten her money through that, like, would she, would she have been paid as a prostitute? I, I don't even know. If, Possibly. Yeah. 
I guess the point that I was uh, moving towards was her using sort of this money from maybe a irreputable mm-hmm. job to create this beautiful act that the Lord called beautiful is a really, I don't know, in my mind, I feel like there's more to unpack there that could be unpacked there. Sort of like, like almost bapt, not baptizing, but, um, yeah, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, you, you, the, the money that she would have gotten from being a prostitute is the same as the money somebody would have gotten from being a tax collector. Yes. Yeah. You know, so the tax yes. collectors yes. and tax collectors and prostitutes are in the same category. That's right. So however they get their money, either by swindling mm. people or deceiving them or taking their money for illicit acts. That's right, that's right. Um however this woman got the money to buy the jar. I mean, it could have been given to her. Mm. Yeah. You know, that could have been, you know, for services rendered, you know, yeah, sure. it, it could have sure. been payment. We don't really know, but the, in the story, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. You know, Jesus That's doesn't take issue with where she got the money, but the, the other disciples do. Yeah. You know, they're, they're upset that she's, Wasting this yeah. oil, mm. and Jesus is calling everyone's attention to, okay, yes, yeah, she did that, but it's a really beautiful thing. It's not an ugly thing. Mm. Yeah. So, good stuff. I think, you know, when we look at um, any kind of artistic ex- expression, it's a form of communication. Mm. Okay. So the artist is saying something, just like the writers saying something and so what is it that we need to know mm-hmm. good stuff so moral mm-hmm. story go out and buy those fireworks go ahead <laughs> and enjoy the colors yeah enjoy the colors um, yeah we're going to take a brief break uh, and we'll be right back with uh, discussions of Raphael's transfiguration exactly okay we'll see you in a second alright this is the part of the podcast where Charles and I thank the listener. That's right. The the dutiful listener. Dutiful listener who has returned That's again right. and again and again <laughs> to hear Charles and hopefully and is getting something out of this. Ramble about fireworks and uh, Bible stories. Um, but no, seriously, we, we are really thankful that people are listening. Um, it's still crazy to me whenever somebody comes up and says, Oh, I, I, you know, I listened to your podcast the other day and they're like, I really liked how you guys pointed out this or this about the painting. It's like, Oh, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> Just, it's, it's always, it's surprising and very inspiring and encouraging for me. So thank you to all our listeners That's right. for eavesdropping on our conversation. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you'd like to really help us out, support us, um, simply like rating us, on iTunes or Spotify. I don't know if you can read on Spotify. I think I asked the same question in the last break, but if you could rate us on iTunes, that would help a lot of other people find our podcast. If uh, word of mouth is like surprisingly very effective. Uh, most of the podcasts I listen to come from somebody casually mentioning that I should listen to it. So, um, that, that really helped us out. It'd mean a lot to us. Um, so we're really thankful for yes, the listeners. And, uh, and if you have any ideas of things you would like for us to talk about, please let us know. As if always. You have works of art, pieces yep. of music, 
we're, we're going to be expanding um, yep. in the, our next series what we're going to be engaging mm-hmm. in Believing Art. So yep. let us know you can find if you have us, ideas. Yep, you can find us on Instagram at Believing yes. Art. You can find us on Twitter at Believing Art. We have a website, believingart.com. Uh, and so those are all ways that you can you can reach out to us um, through those avenues. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Yes, and let us know. I think that's that's all I've got for the listeners yeah. today. For now. For now. Yes. Uh, we'll when we return, uh, we will hit on Raphael's transfiguration. Transfiguration. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Buckle up. It's gonna be a good one. I have a good feeling about this. This one. one. <laughs> This is, uh, so as we mentioned earlier, Raphael's Transfiguration. Uh, it is an astounding piece. Um, I first encountered this piece uh, in the Vatican uh, mm-hmm. on the study abroad trip that I mentioned earlier. It's about four years ago, just about. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote a paper on this one uh, for your class. Right. And yes. uh, I think the prompt was basically, you know, analyze a piece of art for what questions does the art uh, bring to mind? Are there any new directions that the art takes you? So on and so forth. Basically what we're doing on this podcast, <laughs> I wrote a paper on this, uh, this painting. Um, and so it's really, this painting really struck me. Um, and, and I think as, as you're looking at it, the, the first thing that um, most people notice, I, I would say, or at least certainly what I notice is how, uh, this, the, the painting is almost divided into two separate scenes, it appears, uh, which is startling at first because if you know the Transfiguration, the story of the Transfiguration, uh, the, the two, the, there's the scene where Jesus is on top of the mountain, and then there's the scene that happens after he comes down the mountain. But they're almost, mm-hmm. it's almost all smushed together into one painting. It's like the whole narrative of Mark chapter 9 is put piece by piece into this painting. Right, uh, and it's really interesting the way that the disciples are staring at this this uh, this boy who has been demon possessed, and as they're looking up at Jesus on the mountain, it's just there's a lot there's a lot going on here, as we like to say. <laughs> there is a lot going on. Podcast, um, Charles, is there anything that sticks out, obviously, to this, in this painting to you, or do you want to read Mark nine sections of Mark nine, or how do you want to go about this? Well, I think one of the interesting things about the the painting of Raphael that we we do have the two realms, right? The heavenly mm-hmm. realm, that's right, and the earthly realm, and we have um, in Mark nine, we have a a, a a sequence of stories that pretty much follows the the Raphael painting in that um, the the the, the the chapter begins with the transfiguration and then it moves towards the healing of the boy with with the evil spirit which on the painting you'll see in the lower right hand corner mm-hmm. and then it follows uh, along with another story about who is uh, the greatest uh, there's another uh, exorcist if you will in terms of um you know, when John says, "Teacher, you're you saw a man casting out demons and forbade him, um, and so forth," and and so 
you, you, what's interesting about the way the chapter works is that you, you, you have a story of, of, a, of an amazing apparition, mm. right? With, with, um, and yet people are unmoved by that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's followed by a, a healing of a boy with the spirit, right? But yet people are unmoved by that. Mm. Jesus tells the story of his death and resurrection. Um, and then they immediately in verse 33, they get into this argument about who's the greatest, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, what does it take to impress us? Yeah. What does it take? If the transfiguration doesn't do it, if we're talking about fireworks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, then this is the one, right? right? And, this is the finale. This is the, this is a big one. So it, it, in many ways, this, the way this chapter moves and the way Raphael's, um, painting moves it's it's a little bit like we go and buy the pay the fifty dollars mm-hmm. or we pay the hundred dollars or we pay however much money it is for these fireworks mm. and then while the fireworks are going off and all these beautiful colors we can't see them because we're arguing about the box that's right yeah. Or some Who, detail, yeah, yeah, you know, about the fireworks. We spent too much money for them. We got them at the wrong place, or it's we the wrong have, kind. We should have shot them off over in the field. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, all somebody this, go get some mosquito bug spray. Bug spray, yes, yeah. bug spray is a good one. Uh, or it's too dark. I'm too hot. I'm too cold. Right. Yeah. Any anything that's distracting you from <laughs> from what's actually happening. Yeah. And I so. This painting works very much the same way. Yeah. Right? It's your, it, except painting is doing something that can show you something simultaneously. So, what it's showing you is the wonder of God mm. and, and the deity and the appearance of Elijah and Moses, mm-hmm. right? Um, showing you all of that while at the same time people are down below grumbling about stuff. That's right. You know, and isn't that what we do? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, well, I like, yeah, I I think, like I mentioned earlier, this painting lends itself to sort of placing, it's it's a very, um, it's a a binary. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can very clearly see, like I said, it's almost like two paintings sewn together in the middle. And you can actually see the top of the mountain cuts through the middle, and it, it almost creates two separate scenes and you know the Mm -hmm. bottom scene you've got the disciples just arguing clearly miss like they're just they're missing what's going on uh and then you go to the top of the mountain and there's this sort of jesus who's you know doing his thing and it's this bright Mm -hmm. light that almost looks like it's it's giving light to the painting itself Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost as if this jesus at the top is the source of light in the painting well, and the other thing about the geography, and I think in the, the in the Raphael painting, it's really important to see these two realms. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's a good phrase. And like that. Jesus is the mediator between the two of them. Yeah. Right? Because you have the same thing happening at Sinai when the law is given. That's right. Right? Moses and the Lord are up top. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this commotion going around at the bottom. And interpret that commotion how you will, but it is nonetheless commotion and mayhem and mm-hmm. 
all kinds of weird stuff going on. So there's, I think that one of the central dramas in the Old and the New Testament is how do these two realms portrayed by Raphael and elsewhere in the Bible, how do you get those two realms to talk to each other? What are the stakes? Yeah. You know, because the two figures beside Jesus, Moses, Moses and Elijah represent prophets. Mm-hmm. They represent Moses represents the leader. Elijah more represents a prophet, but these were the two types of people that tried to bridge Israel to God, mm. the leaders and the prophets. Yeah. Right. And none of them, neither were successful. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is, this is something that requires something more than human effort. Right. Right. So when you see Jesus with the two of those, then it's pretty clear. He's the one that's going to make this happen. Right. 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 Yeah. That's really good. The, the the comparison to Sinai, I think, is is full of um, bits and pieces of wisdom that could be drawn out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was listening to a, another podcast, and they pointed out that the the mention of the boy, uh, the demon possessed boy, uh, who likes to throw himself into fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, there, I think I could be making this up, but. There's there's a, another mention of being thrown into the fire, something being thrown into the fire at Sinai, and it's when Aaron took the gold mm. rings and threw them into the fire, you know, out comes and out calf. comes this golden calf, mm-hmm. and so you again you see there's all these different similarities um, throughout this story. I think that's really good. Um, yeah, I th- the the two realms that I think that I picked up on that in my paper that I wrote a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I took it a little differently, though. Uh, at the time, uh, I was I was struggling with the question, as I think we've we all do at some point uh, in our lives, of how could how could a good God let evil happen in this world? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I, I came upon this painting and and. And the top half, you have this really like heavenly portrayal of this divine Jesus, and and I remember uh, you mentioned this. You said, "Is he coming down the mountain, or is he being lifted Dumb. off the mountain?" And so you've got this really almost ideal heavenly portrayal up top, but then down below you have this chaos and this mess. These wildly pointing arms, these gestures, this this boy who's demon possessed and a father who's looking wildly at the disciples wanting answers wanting you know he's trying to save his boy from this this terrible thing and it it seemed to me in this painting that this painting uh, approached that question in in a very similar way Um, it's almost like a big question mark you know it doesn't it doesn't seem to offer a lot of answers, but, uh, it takes those two ideas and puts them side yes. by side, sort of the chaos and, um, maybe not evil in the world, but just bad things happening in light of a good God and it mm-hmm. smushes them together and you have to deal with it. That's right. Um, and, and I think for me, that was a really, uh, that was a really big idea that I took away from this painting. Um, 
is trying to understand what exactly this painting would say about that in particular. Um, well, I, I think it, it, it shows the, the dichotomy between the heavenly and the earthly. Yes, yes. Which Jesus mediates. Moses tried to mediate, as did Elijah. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's just the na- it's just human nature to be divided, brawling, possessed. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and so, maybe another way to say it is the way it's portrayed is you've got all the mayhem at the, in the bottom half, mm-hmm. but in the top half, you have um, heaven trying to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a way to, to mm-hmm. think about. I mean, the painting can go in any number of directions, right. which is how art works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there were, uh, as I was doing a little bit of research about this painting, this was, uh, as I said earlier, Raphael's last painting. He died before he finished it completely. I think one of his students filled out some details. But for hundreds of years after this painting was finished, people said this was the greatest painting of all time. They, they praised the form, the structure uh, of this painting. Um, it's, it's a spectacular painting. painting. Um, the, there's a lot of uh, composition um, in the top half. If you look at the way that Jesus is sort of lifting his arms and the angles of Moses and Elijah. Uh, there's a whole uh, paper that shows the triangles that went into the various triangles yes. that mm-hmm. sort of create this painting and how at the very top of all of that is Jesus uh, sort of ascending or going up or being transfigured, moving up into sort of this high and, high and lofty position. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if, 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 if we map Mark 9 onto this painting, Jesus is, is clearly opening up the image, right? I mean, he at the, he's at the top. Yeah. And the light is shining, and you see the kind of the pinnacle yeah. of what glory is. Yeah. And then it, at the bottom, it's dark. Mm-hmm. And the end of Math, Mark That's 9 right. is the temptation to sin. Right, and okay. so it, it's. I think one of the things that's so great about this painting it's it is that it shows the glory of God, mm. and I don't want to say that, and, and the and the depravity of the human condition, all in one shot. Yeah, yeah. From from top working its way down, down. to bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or bottom reading it the other way. That's bottom right. Bottom reading it back up. Yeah. Well, and here's, I, I just kind of had this insight. You almost, you almost get the feeling that, uh, you know, one, it's almost complete. The, the two scenes would be incomplete without the other. Yes. And you know what's interesting about that is that for years, I read the Transfiguration, which is just the first uh-huh. however many verses. Um, Eight verses, maybe? Yeah. Or at most, it's, um, let's just say thir- 12 or 13. Yeah. I read those verses. Oh, the transfiguration is this. Yeah. And it was like, why? Yeah. You know, what's the point of that? Well, I hadn't read the rest of the chapter. Mm. And it's like, 
this painting, if you just looked at the top part, but didn't look at the bottom part, you, it were, there would be no magnificent story. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You've got to have both parts of the story for this to work. Mm-hmm. To learn, to get something out yes. of it. Yes, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. That's really good. And it, it even... Um, I don't want to say... It, I guess what I'm saying here is that it it affirms both things at the same time. Yes. It, not necessarily the depravity of man, but just the messiness of humanity. Mm-hmm. It affirms that and says, this is almost needed alongside this sort of divine glimpse. Mm-hmm. The, the two work together to uh, create a story, to create what we're seeing. Um, and I think, I think for me, that's, that's really important to, to know that even in my messiness and even in my own, like when I was first approached this painting, I was really struggling with this question. It's like, I don't want to have this sort of, um, I don't want to question God like this. I don't mm-hmm. want to come to God and say like, why would you do this? Or how could you let this happen? You know, one of the things we did in that, that Vienna trip was we, we, um, went to Krakow and, and yes. visited Auschwitz. And if, you ever needed an example of the evil of humanity or the just how bad things can get. That's it. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much the low point. Yeah. And so it, it, this painting helped me be comfortable with asking those questions. Um, because it's part, it's, it's all part of the story somehow. And, it is, and you can't deny any part of the story. Yeah, yeah. But we do this all the time, mm. right? We, we deny the parts of our own stories that That's we don't right. like. That's yes. And we deny the parts of our stories that we don't understand, mm-hmm. right? We only like the top half of the story. We don't like the bottom half of the story. That's exactly right. And you have to look at all of it. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so Raphael's doing us a great service. Absolutely. In terms of... Uh, showing us everything on one in one uh, massive kind of one frame. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that's a really good good place to sort of wrap up this discussion. Yeah, Is there anything else you want to leave the uh, the listener with? Or well, I would spend some time looking at this painting and finding yourself in it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we've done this. Where are, where am I in this picture? Okay. Do you want to do, do you have an answer? I, I, I'll, I'll okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I think, so when I first approached this painting uh, a couple years ago and I saw it in the Vatican, wrote that paper on it. I think what, looking back on that situation now, I definitely found myself as the father of the young boy. Mm-hmm. You can see in his eyes, this sort of like, questioning insistence that the problem be fixed. You know, he's staring madly at the disciples. He's got his boy in his hand and he's, he's, he's the look on his face says, why isn't this fixed yet? This needs to be fixed. This is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I definitely found myself in, in him for sure. Um, sort of that, that wild questioning, Mm -hmm. um, Today, I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I would I would probably still be in the bottom half of the painting somewhere. 
Um, I don't know. Today, when I look at it, I find myself in the crowd. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of pointing like the man in the center is. Okay. Um, the the guy, yeah, the, the, the guy green, with, with the green sleeve sleeve yeah, yeah. you know po- pointing out maybe I'm in the role of pointing out oh look at this look at that look at this look at that mm-hmm. which is creating awareness yeah uh, sir, it's not really solving anything yeah but it's maybe making maybe as a teacher that's where I see my role yeah. Well, bringing awareness to something. And what's cool about that is you can see in the crowd, there is a line sort of defi- de- yes, dividing there is. the crowd. You've got the crowd who uh, is sort of on the, the father's side, right? He's, they're all coming to the disciples with problems or saying, mm-hmm. this this is not good. This, this situation that we found ourselves in is not good. And then on the other side, you've got all the disciples who are trying to fix it or like trying to understand it or who maybe don't have problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't really know what to do with the people who have problems. Right. Um, and maybe some of the disciples don't even notice that there is a problem. problem. <laughs> so part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Nice. Well, I think that'll, that'll wrap up our discussion for this, this, uh, painting Raphael's transfiguration. I believe we got one more, one more. painting and then we're going to launch into, uh, go some different directions with art art. Um, yep. Maybe towards some music. Music. We got yeah. a special episode recorded, maybe a little teaser, um, that we'll release kind of during the season, season. that will mm-hmm. uh, tempt the listener, the listener for things to come. Um, as always, we're, we're so thankful for you all. Uh, thanks for joining us this time. And, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believing Art Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Believing Art, that's one word, for all our updates, episode releases, and other miscellaneous. See you next time. Well, you can take that out, Cal. Absolutely. Yeah, well, ideally, ideally we would record a perfect, perfect podcast. Yeah, I don't know that anybody and, ever does that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> but that's not. No, you're right. It's that's not realistic.